0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the Gospel of Matthew with his sermon entitled, The Wise Worship the King, preached on January 12, 1997. So today, let us turn to chapter 2, the passage that we read, verses 1 through 12. The wise worship The King, the wise worship. In Matthew chapter 1, we were introduced to the birth of Jesus, who is described as the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah. There is no other Messiah, nobody should look for another. I know there are some people who are still waiting for a Messiah. The Messiah has come. Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. He is virgin born. This means he is son of God. And in chapter 1, we were told he is the Savior, the one who saves his people from their sins. His people, not just people who are Jews, but also Gentiles. This one is introduced in chapter 1 as Emmanuel, God with us. So in this, in this passage, chapter 2, we read of the Gentile worshippers of this Jesus Christ, son of David, born king of the Jews. The worshippers are certainly not the Jewish people of Jerusalem, but Gentiles from the East. Jesus Christ is to be worshipped by all the peoples of the world, Jew and Gentile. So you notice this gospel concludes by the great commission given out by this king. Let me read to you the 28th chapter, beginning with verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me tell you, Matthew is giving us the history of the life of Jesus, not legend. He tells us, therefore, where he was born. A fact that was not disclosed to us in chapter 1. And where was he born? The text says Bethlehem in Judea. And there was a Bethlehem in Galilee in the north. But there was also a Bethlehem in the south in Judea. It was there, we are told by Matthew, Jesus Christ was born. Bethlehem means house of bread. The fertile fields of Bethlehem produced a lot of grain. It was a granary where grain is stored that provided bread for the nourishment of physical body. There was born also the living bread that feeds our soul, Jesus Christ. Bethlehem was about five miles south of Jerusalem. You know this place, it was near here. Jacob buried his favorite wife, Rachel who died in childbirth. It is where Boaz had fields which produced grains, and where he met Ruth, from whom was descended David. It was the place where David himself was born. And in 2 Samuel 23, we are told about the longing of David to drink from the cool waters of the well of Bethlehem. And let me tell you, there was also born the living water, Jesus Christ, who quenches the spiritual thirst of all peoples of the world. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, God spoke through Micah the prophet that the shepherd of Israel, the ruler, will be Born, will come out of Bethlehem in the land of Judea. This little town was destined for glory. And that glory came to it, let me tell you, by the birth of the Son of David, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who gave glory to Bethlehem, He made the town glorious. Let me tell you, he makes glorious everyone who makes room for him. But we are also told not only the place where he was born, but the time when he was born. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod. That's why I said it's not legend, it's history. Christianity is historical during the time of Herod, which is Herod the Great, I call him Herod the Great Fox. Because Jesus called his son Herod Tippus Fox. The empty way of life, handed down. But the great fox was Herod the Great, father of Herod Tippus, with whom Jesus had to do. Also father of Herod Philip I and Herod Philip II. Father of also Archelaus, a brutal king who ruled Judea. BC 4 through AD 6. This Herod the Great was not a Jew but an Edomite, son of Antipater. His mother was an Arab woman. He was born in 73 B.C. and died 4 B.C. He came into power in 40 B.C., a power conferred upon him by the Roman Senate. He became the king of the whole of Palestine. He was wealthy, he was gifted, he was cruel, he was capable, he was crafty, He was a shrewd politician, a great builder. He rebuilt uh, the second temple beginning in 20 BC and it continued on and was finished after 68 years after his death. He would kill anyone who threatened his position in reality or in his imagination. He killed his wife. Mariam. He killed his mother-in-law, Alexandra. He killed his oldest son, Antipater. And another son, Alexandra. Another son, Aristobulus. He killed his brother-in-law. He killed his uncle. He killed thousands of others to ensure that he and he alone is the king of Palestine. He killed... Babies, male babies of Bethlehem. In his will, it was decreed that his friends should arrest leading citizens of Palestine on trumped-up charges and be murdered on the day he would die so that there would be a great mourning in the land for he knew No one would shed a tear for his own death. The Jewish people, of course, resented him because he was an Edomite and a usurper. So the Magi, the wise men from the East, came during the reign of Herod the Great, possibly about 5 BC. So the text says, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come for this singular purpose of worshipping him. Magi, who are they? They were the priestly class from Persia or Babylon who were educated in philosophy, medicine and general science and And also in the art of interpreting dreams. However, the Bible speaks about these people, the soothsayers, the wise men of Egypt, and wise men of Babylon. And in the Bible history, they were mocked. They always failed to interpret what God of Israel was doing. They failed Pharaoh They failed Nebuchadnezzar and they failed Belshazzar. The Bible mocks at their total inability in discerning the times. Yet it seems some of them desire to know the truth of the God of Israel. They were possibly aided in this search for truth by their contact with Jewish community in the diaspora in the east. And This passage in chapter 2 of Matthew shows us that God had chosen some wise men. Some Gentiles from the east to know the truth. And was supernaturally guided to come to Palestine and worship Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Let me tell you, no wise man on his own desires to know the true and the living God. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and see what God is speaking through the Apostle Paul about the wise people of the world and what they do. Chapter 1 and verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of, of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him. And verse 26. Brothers think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Didn't say not any, but not many. And here you find God has chosen some wise people. They were the intellectuals of the time. And they were guided by supernatural guidance. So as chosen of God from all eternity to worship Jesus Christ, these wise men are enabled to desire to worship the newborn king of the Jews. They are enabled by God to travel hundreds of miles to do this. A long and very arduous journey, which probably took an year. They spent much time and money and energy. They were given supernatural guidance system to lead them to the newborn king. He who guided Israel during exodus from Egypt. Through the wilderness. Into the land of promise. By the pillar of fire. And the pillar of cloud. The same God. Guided these Gentiles. To king of the Jews. They were guided by a star. I agree. All attempts to explain the star. As a natural phenomenon. Are inadequate. And a waste of time. Especially in. In the light of chapter 2 and verse 9 which says that it is a star that went before them and it stood right over that house. Explanations like conjunction of planets. Explanations like supernova phenomenon or comet phenomenon or UFO phenomenon. These are all inadequate And waste of time. It was a supernatural guidance system, a luminary hanging low in the sky which moved ahead of them, led them to Jerusalem and to Bethlehem, to the very house of the King Jesus. These wise men, they were missionaries from the east to the west. These wise men were truly wise men. They were not the frauds and charlatans concerning whom we read in the scripture. They were wise because they believed in the revelation regarding the king of the Jews. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wise men worships the king. Turn with me to Psalm 2. And let's read What this psalm teaches us. Verse 10 through 12. Therefore you kings be wise. Be warned you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry. And you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. But blessed are all who take refuge in him. I said They were wise because they came to worship the king. They feared the Lord. They came to Jerusalem and inquired about the king. I would say they should not have stopped and inquired in the city of Jerusalem. They should have continued on following the guidance system that was provided for them. But possibly they thought the king of the Jews might be in the city of Jerusalem. And Herod heard of this inquiry of the wise men from the east. The inquiry, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? For we have come to worship him. I said they were missionaries from the east. They brought the news to the city. Your king is born. He is the king of the Jews. We are Gentiles. We are here to worship him. Your king. Where is he? They were saying messianic expectation of the Jews is now fulfilled. In other words, no more waiting is necessary. This is the time to rejoice. This is the time Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Who proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings. Who proclaim salvation. Who say to Zion, your God reigns. (laughs) Well, not the Jews who are saying this. Here God has chosen some wise men of the east. and, And God guided them all the way to Jerusalem. Declaring, your king reigns. Here is the gospel brought to the Jews, to the city of Jerusalem, to the rulers of Jerusalem, to the scholars of Jerusalem. Rejoice, your king has been born. The king you were expecting, the king who will shepherd you and deliver you and comfort you and give you peace. The days of oppression are gone. The days of salvation are here. Rejoice. (laughs) Let's look at the reaction of the leaders look at Herod the bible says he was distressed and disturbed and upset afraid and then we are told all Jerusalem experienced the same because when there is distress in this king Herod the ruthless cruel he is going to do many things distract him everybody trembled and he gathers together the scholars the Sanhedrin. And the question was put to them, Tell me, where is he going to be born? And they answered, Bethlehem of Judea, which was five miles south of Jerusalem. And he meets with the wise people secretly and inquires, Tell me exactly the time you saw this star. (laughs) All right, he said, I want you to go. and, And, uh, search diligently and come back and tell me so that I can worship you know his plan you know let me tell you a lot of people they come to church and say they want worship they will stand up and say I receive Jesus Christ they'll make vows but they have another agenda what was his agenda worship or no He is ruthless. He wanted to kill him. Worship or kill. There is no other alternative. Jesus, let me tell you, comes. This king comes to disturb us. Upset us. When Jesus comes, we must fall prostrate before him. We must repent. We must... Say goodbye to all ideas that is not centered on Jesus Christ. That's what repentance means. We must humble ourselves. We must, we must decrease and he must increase. He is Lord. He is King. He is Christ. He is God with us. He's a disturber. He's an upsetter. He disturbs your own comfort so that he could give you his comfort. We need to kiss the son. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Herod refuses to kiss the son. He plans to eliminate Jesus. He will not tolerate competition. Why do you think people don't want to believe in Jesus Christ? Because they don't tolerate competition. It's impossible to coexist with this king. He alone is Lord. And everyone else must humble and adore him. He's the serpent, this Herod. is the seed of the serpent. He would not submit. He would not worship. But let me tell you, salvation is of divine plan and purpose. God alone is sovereign. What he purposes, he performs. And God is not afraid of Herod can thwart his plan. He does all things according to the counsel of his own will. Nations are nothing before him. Kingdoms are nothing. Armies are nothing. Human power is nothing. Let alone Pharaoh or Nebuchadnezzar or a Caesar or a little Edomian old king Herod. Nothing. They all are mists and vapors and grass Soon he would die a wretched death and enter into a destiny of distress. An eternal destiny of distress because he would not believe in Jesus and worship him. But what about the scholars? The Sanhedrin. The scholars studied the scriptures. They gave correct answer. I'm sure instantly the place where Jesus was to be born or Jesus was born. And I'm sure Herod was so impressed and gave them an A grade. But their orthodoxy did not save them, let me tell you. They have no interest in this born king of the Jews. They sit around and discuss theology. Theoretically, that is their profession. They earn their living by doing that. But they have no use of this born king of the Jews. They would not join the wise men of the east who came a long way guided by a star to Palestine. They would not go with them five miles to Bethlehem to worship the king. They would not believe in the message of the gospel brought to them by the Gentile wise men. They will not repent. They will not humble. They will not fall down. They will not worship. They will not kiss the sun. For they are destined for destruction. And their unbelief and indifference prove their miserable destiny. The first shall be last. It's the biblical order. The first shall be what? Last. Herod, the king, the scholars, the Sanhedrin. Last. But praise be to God, the last shall be what? First. Jesus came to his own. And John says, but his own did not receive him. Oh, they searched the scriptures. They studied the scriptures. But they missed its message. The person of the Messiah. Messiah. Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham, son of God, Emmanuel, savior of the world, Jesus who saves his people from their sins. Jesus said this, turn with me to Matthew 12. Jesus about told this about the unbelieving generation. Matthew 12, 41 and 42. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it They were Gentiles. But notice. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now one greater than Jonah is here. The queen of of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation. And condemn it for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now one greater than Solomon is here. And we would say the wise men of the east came all the way worship him. Because there is one here who is wiser than all. Wise men worship the king. The star guided them to the very house. God does not need a Sanhedrin to guide the Magi. The star began and the star will finish. The star guided them to the house of this newborn king. And we are told they entered the house. Not a cave anymore, it is a house. Joseph moved them out of the cave now, lives in a house. And we are told they saw the child. And Mother Mary, notice child comes first in this chapter. Because child receives the emphasis. And we are told they fell face down, fell down. They don't want to fall down. We want to sit on our throne. We want to rule and we want to reign. Until the wrath of this one flares up. We don't want to be upset. Disturbed. Later on we noticed Caiaphas did not want to be disturbed. And he said let's eliminate him. That is the way it is. But these people went into the house... Fell down and worshipped him. Notice that him, not him and Mary, not him and Mary him. Mary must worship him. He is the King. He is the Saviour. He is the Christ. He alone, Emmanuel. He is the Son. He alone to be worshipped, not him and Mary. And not only there is worship and there is adoration. But they give gifts. It was a genuine worship. A worship that cost them much. Long journey. Long term suffering. Lots of time. A year. But they loved this king so much. This king of the Jews. And brought gifts that cost them much. Gold. Fit for a king. Frankincense. Fit for a king who is God mere fit for a man who is destined to suffer you remember the story of David who was given a chance to sacrifice for God without spending any money remember that <laughs> and David said I will not do that I will not sacrifice unless it costs me something not to buy my salvation but in thankfulness to God for saving me And you read in John chapter 12 Mary who sat at his feet of Jesus. Believed in Jesus as the Savior. And you see her bringing a pint. Of pure nard. Expensive perfume. Broke the bottle. poured it all at the feet of Jesus. Costly worship brothers and sisters. Those who worship Jesus. Delight to give him expensively. In thankfulness to salvation, these wise men came seeking, born King of the Jews, Savior of the world. They met Him, they worshipped Him, they loved Him. They join now the company of Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna, the shepherds, the Jewish believers. They sought and they found and they are glad. Let me ask you, what are you seeking? What are you seeking with all your heart? Let me tell you what most people are seeking. Money. Fame. Power. Pleasure. And we are going to get it one way or another. But this one Jesus born king of the Jews said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Let me ask you are you like Herod? Being in power no matter what. Eliminating everybody including Jesus. You will die a wretched death. And enter into an eternity of distress. Or are you like the scribes. Always studying the Bible. Always talking about theology. Yet completely indifferent to the greatest news ever told will not even go five miles to find it out. Hard-heartedness. Herod died and entered into his destiny of eternal distress. The scribes experienced the same. They thought they were wise and powerful, but they were fools. Psalm 36 says, The fool's They have no fear of God before their eyes. The king of the Jews has been born. Friends, the king of the Jews has been born. Salvation is of the Jews. In him, all the families of the earth be blessed. Not only has been born, let me tell you, he died for our sins and he rose for our justification. Join the wise men of the East. And let us get up from our thrones, fall down and worship Christ. Oh, come, let us adore him. You may not have gold. You may not have frankincense or myrrh. These are expensive things. No matter. He owns it all already. It is he who gives to us these things. Salvation, I say, is rich and free. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Give him your heart instead as your gift. Love this king with your whole heart, mind, soul and strength. Kiss the sun. And rejoice in his great salvation. Let me ask you a question. Are you wise? Then fear the Lord. Because the wise, truly wise, worship the king of kings and lord of lords. Soon is coming a day. It is called the day of the Lord. And let me guarantee you. When every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. For the glory of God the Father. But my plea to you is do it now. And you shall be saved. Amen.